Good morning, everybody. This is Reverend Essie of New Birth Ministries in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I hope that you are having a beautiful morning. And I come on a little to give you a little word. I call it micromana, just a little bit of word. I want to talk about 2 Corinthians chapter 8, um, verse 9, okay? Now, you know everybody's saying that you have to take the vow of poverty to be a preacher or whatever, a priest or whatever, um, and... and we're poor, we should act like we're poor, and you know, that's not true. And everybody's preaching against those that preach for, you know, um, you know, abundance and prosperity. And God wants you to be prosperous. That is the truth. Amen. God wants us to be prosperous. Who in their right mind would say that they are a child of God and they're supposed to be poor and have nothing? How can you help other people, amen, if you can't help yourself? So let's look at 2 Corinthians 8, 9. And it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about His grace here, because God Jesus, God gave His grace. A good grace to make it through. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that you, through his poverty, might be rich. Now, if you think about it, when Jesus was a baby, the wise men brought him what? Gold, frankincense, amen, and myrrh. Okay, so why did they bring a baby who was supposed to be a king? Okay, at that time they had heard that the king was coming. Why would they bring a baby gold? Why would they bring him and his family gold? Mary and Joseph was not poor. Amen. They brought Jesus gold. He got gold when he was born. So why can't you have what you need in this life? Amen. It just doesn't make sense that you can't have what you need. Amen. Every morning that you wake up, God wants you to have what you need. So all of those people that are going around thinking that you should be poor as a Christian, that is not a good example of the kingdom of heaven. How do you represent the kingdom of heaven having absolutely nothing? Why would people come to Jesus? Why would they get saved? Amen. Why would they become Christians to be poor? That's something to think about, amen. Why would somebody listen to you, tell them that Jesus is good, and you have holes in your clothes, and you don't have shoes on your feet, and barely eaten, and you have a poor countenance? It's not going to work. So listen, guys, don't pay attention to the lies of the devil that says that you should be poor because it is not the truth. The devil is a liar. He's the father of lies, and you have to watch um, who you listen to. Amen. You have to be very, very careful of who you listen to. Just put it this way. <clears throat> what, what makes sense? You've, you follow a God that owns everything. Why wouldn't he share it with you? Amen. Why wouldn't he share it with you? Amen. And listen to, um, I'm going to read to you something from X. Okay, it's a reference that I use. Okay, and it reads like this. Surely the plea for a generous gift of money toward the collection which Paul was making for the poor saints in Jerusalem 
making a, a plea to help them, could not have been more tenderly and convincingly urged that it is urged here. He begins by mentioning the generosity of the Christians in Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea, who were very poor, the inference being that the wealthier Christ uh, Corinthians would make similar sacrifices. So you sacrifice to help other people. That is, Some people haven't sacrificed in their lives because they're too stingy to help anybody else. Amen? He quotes the example of the Lord Jesus who made himself poor. It made himself poor. What does that tell you? That they might be enriched. And who for 19 centuries since has had the joy of enriching myriads of souls. Jesus makes one rich. Amen? And then it goes on to say, Paul reminds the Corinthians that a year ago they had resolved to make this gift. Okay, They made the promise that they would help other people. Finally, he sketches his fair dream of reciprocity between church and church so that wherever there was a need, the supplies of Christian benevolence should flow forth to meet it. See, sometimes you have to remind people that they, you said you was going to help, so let's do this. So when you see those preachers on TV asking for your donations or whatever, they're not begging. They're literally reminding you a Christian's duty to help one another. It takes a lot of money for the, I have a small ministry. And you can only imagine what those ministries um, need to use thousands and thousands of dollars daily or weekly to run their ministry. Amen? And then it goes on to say, notice, then that Christian liberality originates in the grace of God, ministers abundant joy to those who give. It gives you joy to give to others. You should feel good to give to others. And is not, it is not staunched by deep poverty. Okay, begins with the consecration of the giver's soul to God and does not wait to be entreated because it demands the privilege of ministering, thus to the lack of Christ's body. When you give, it that is a it is a privilege to give. Amen. God, especially when you tithe. You know, for years I preached against the tithe, and then I just start tithing, and, and, and you know, you have to trust God. You know, just trust Him. That's exactly what it takes. Trust. And, and when I start tithing, I have been blessed ever since. I had asked the Lord to forgive me. Here's what happens when you tithe. God adds His super to your natural. Amen. Hallelujah. He had his super to your natural and it becomes a supernatural event. When you tithe, God will see to it that nothing is going to take you below to zero. Put it that way. Amen. So see, this is where Paul was reminding them that we should help one another when there is a need Christians should take care of it. Okay, now I know people say you always have the poor with you. Okay, the Bible, God said in Matthew 26, 11. In fact, let me go there. I like to read it up. Let me see. <clears throat> Matthew 26, 11. And it reads like this and says, For ye have the... I'll start with 10. And when Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. It says, for ye have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in she has poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial, okay? And this is when the woman poured the good oil, the expensive oil on, on him. 
Okay, and she was people didn't even realize she was preparing him for his burial, which is what they did whenever their loved ones passed on. Amen. And he says, you will have the poor with you always. That is letting us know that we will always have ample opportunity to be blessed and to bless somebody else. It is a blessing to help somebody else. God saw to it that until our last day here, until the end of time as we know it, he has given us an open door to be blessed. And that is by helping other people. Amen. That's why he said, the poor you will always have with you. People hear that and they're like, wow, that's kind of odd. Why would God allow that to happen? Because he's giving you an opportunity to be blessed. Amen. We should, as human beings, help one another. Amen. Hallelujah. And let me read Matthew 5, 3. Uh, yeah, Matthew 5, 3. Let me see. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew 5, 3. And this is Beatitudes. Amen. Uh, and it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, if God even covered the poor, not just in the natural, and he covered the poor in spirit, those people who are broke down, those people who, who um, have, feel like they have no hope, this is where we step in and show Jesus to people. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That means God's going to always send them somebody to, to give them hope, to show the love of God. This is why preachers preach. I don't care whether you like them or whether you don't, you know, what, what kind of style you're looking for or how, how many big words they use. If you're looking for big words from me, you're not going to get them. I, I do what the Bible says. I keep it simple. Amen. I'm one of them backwoods, countryfied, no shoes, church kind of people. Okay. So, you know, all that indubitably and <laughs> retrospect, you know, <laughs> you're not going to get it from me, but I can preach. Amen. God sent people out to preach. We are supposed to speak. Matthew uh, 18, 18 to 20. In fact, let me read it. Hold on. Matthew 18, 18 to 20. See, people wouldn't be poor if we do our jobs, folks. When reason like this, verily I say unto, let me see, 18, and make sure I'm there, yeah, 18, verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you, that if two, or uh, if two, let's say, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We are supposed to go out and tell people. Jesus said, when you open up your mouth and start talking about me, I will be there in the midst. So you're not lonely. You're not by yourself. When you tell people about Jesus, you are not alone. Amen. You are not by yourself. He told us to go out and tell. Hallelujah. So I just wanted to get on and say this little bit to you. Um, don't let the devil talk you into being poor. And when a preacher gets a new car or gets a new jet, <laughs> okay, or, or even buys his wife a new ring, amen, praise God for it. Because that's showing the world that you and your church you're not poor, and you don't have to be. See, these churches should not have to be reminded to help other people. Amen? 
People are finding out since this COVID stuff started that we need to start reaching out more to other people. It's no longer unlock the door. The deacons unlock the door, turn on the furnace, keep the church warm, and everybody comes and hears a word, shakes hands, and goes back home. Okay? It's gotten to the point now where we need to have more soup kitchens. We need to give out more food and more clothes, you know, uh, more candy to children and have a children's Bible study and everything else and, and, and school in the bottom of the church or something. You know what I mean? So now is the time, folks, for us to um, represent. Okay? And I'll end this by saying, how do you represent the kingdom of God? Do people see you as broke, busted, and disgusted? But you're a Christian. <laughs> right. Or do they see you rich in Christ Jesus? Amen. Reverend Nessie signing off. God bless you. And let me leave you this blessing. God bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. God give you his grace and give you his peace. Remember, you're not broke. You're rich because of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>